0: Tonight we're talking about the subject of soul rest, okay? So we're going to take a rest from the end times to talk about rest tonight. So here's what I want you to do. Go ahead and take out your Bible to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, we're going to look at one passage tonight, and I hope it'll be a help to you. I'll get there and you get there. Matthew chapter 11. Does anybody in here... Enjoy a good nap. Anybody with me? Naps are a blessing, right? Yeah, I never took naps until I went to Bible college, and uh, apparently, college is tiring. Uh, There's nothing to do there on Sunday afternoons. You, everyone, it's like you go take a nap. That's what you do. And as I have now three children and a dog, I have found that naps are awesome. And uh, my wife. Uh, she doesn't understand how I can do it. I can fall asleep instantly. I mean, I just decide I've time to fall asleep now, and I just fall asleep. And I have just, I love the break in the day, the nap, right? It's, it's, a, it's a great thing. Um, we're not necessarily talking about naps when we talk about rest tonight, okay? Uh, but I, I do. Uh, let's go ahead and read the passage, and then I want to pray, and we'll get into the study, okay? Let's pray. Father, We come to you tonight, and I just want to pray uh, for this time. Lord, I ask you teach us. I pray that you would guide us in your word. I pray that tonight's lesson would be an encouragement to those that are here. Lord, anyone that's watching, that uh, maybe their soul, they're just busy, they're fatigued, they're tired, they've got a lot of burdens on their heart, that they would understand where we can find rest for our souls tonight. And help me to communicate. I pray, God, that you would just speak to us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's read Matthew 11. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 28. Uh, the, The Bible says, Come unto me, this is Jesus speaking, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light." Um, you know, I, like I said when I opened up here, naps are a wonderful thing. I love to be able just to go. It's just nice to break up the day. If you have a long day, you have something coming up. Many times if we have people coming over in the evening, I always tell Tricia, I need a, a five-minute nap. I need a 10-minute nap because it's like, give me a break, and and then catch your breath and go. And that's what a nap accomplish. But um, no matter how many naps that you take, no matter how many vacations you go on, no matter the the natural rest that we get, there are inner burdens, inner anxieties, inner stresses that we have that we can't get away from by taking uh, a physical rest. Uh, There there are uh, times we go away from vacation to get away from the problems of life and the stresses and the cares that we have, but when we go away on vacation, we take those things with us. Do you understand what I'm saying? The problems don't stop, they, they just, they're inside issues, inside problems. And that's what I want to talk about. In this passage, Jesus extends an invitation. I want to look, I'm just going to go verse by verse, I am going to walk through this, I just want to talk about it. I want to uh, look at how we can find rest under our souls and, and what it looks like, us needing rest. But he says the phrase, he opens up and he says, come unto me. It's, a, it's an invitation to come near to Jesus, okay, come unto me. And and it's a question, and and this is the question tonight that really makes all the difference. It is, where are you in relation to Jesus? Just think of the basics of that. He says, come unto me, speaking to people that are listening to him. You you may be listening to Jesus. You may be hearing preaching. Uh, These are people that are already present in his, I mean, he's talking to them, and he says, come unto me. He meant more than just listen to my words. He meant more than just be in my presence. There was more to that, that invitation to come. And I I truly believe that the distance between you and Jesus, that, uh, that relationship that you have with Jesus, is equal to the burdens and the heaviness of what you're carrying spiritually. If you feel tired, if you feel fatigued, it's because you have a distance between you and the Lord. Um, and, and he says, who, who's he speaking to here? Come unto me, all ye that labor, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. That word labor in the Bible is a word that means to feel fatigued. Have you ever felt that feeling of fatigue before? That's the feeling Uh, If you define it, it means extreme tiredness. It means tiredness from physical or mental exertion. We get fatigued physically from work. Um, I'm a new homeowner as of 2020. 2020 is the craziest year ever. I'm learning all kinds of new things. One is how to take care of a house. And uh, it's hard work. Uh, It really is hard work. Uh, I never thought that power washing a fence would be hard work. You're just squirting water on the wood, right? It's not... It's difficult, and, and I understand what it means to feel fatigue, where you're saying, I've gone so far, and now I just, I'm done. I, I can't go any further. I want to quit. This is a fatigue emotionally, a fatigue spiritually. If you think about that, what is it that wears us out? Not, not just tired, because you can be tired sometimes, but if your spirit's right, if you have a right relationship with God, things are Okay. You're just physically tired. But what is it that happens? What are we doing that causes us to be spiritually fatigued? You're anxious, you're, you're worried, your cares. What causes fatigue? And I thought about this. You know, that's the things that we worry about cause fatigue, spiritually speaking. Um, I've spoken to people recently in our church, even, that they are fatigued because of different re- relationships in their life. You know, we worry about our kids. Uh, uh, little kids I've got smaller kids some of you have adult kids Uh, and we worry about the our parents we worry about the people in our life they concern us and we get anxious over that and we're just worried God what's what's going to happen with them why are they making this decision why is this happening to them whether it's a health issue a behavioral issue a sin issue whatever it may be we worry about people right and it, it weighs on us have you ever felt the burden of worrying about somebody in your family uh, you know, we, we feel that way. We, we worry about them, how they're going to be, their spiritual health, their, their well-being. Uh, we, we worry about the things that we work toward. You know, they fatigue us. Uh, you ever just been overly burdened about how you're going to get everything done? How you're going to provide for your family? How you're going to make things in life work um, even this week, we talked to some people here that uh, they just have a they don't know where the money's coming to pay the next bill, and they just we get concerned about how in the world am I going to provide for the needs and the necessities of life. We we get anxious and we get worried, and uh, that's what he's saying here. Come unto me, all ye that labor. If you have a fatigue, a spiritual fatigue, in Job fourteen one, there's a verse that describes life, and it's so true. Job 14.1, it says, man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. <laughs> you know, uh, life is short. I, I talk about that a lot. I think about that a lot. But it's just full of cares and worries and trouble and difficulty. And every day there's something, and it can affect us spiritually. We can be spiritually fatigued. He says, come unto me all ye that labor, and then he says, and are heavy laden. This word heavy laden is a spiritual anxiety, a spiritual stress. Where does this heavy laden, these spiritual heaviness come from? I want to tell you where one avenue of spiritual heaviness comes from. It comes from the sinfulness within us. You know, every one of us, though we, if we know Christ, we're redeemed, we're saved, we, can, we could rest in that, we still have this uh, this flesh that's contrary to our spirit. We have these sinful desires in us that take us away from God. And to be honest, the things that stress us out in our families, that cause us issues, are the sinful nature that's within us. In, in Romans 7, Paul describes this. Listen to the battle that is so, it sounds so heavy in his life. If you, you can turn there if you want in Romans 7, verse 14. Paul says, "...for we know that the law is spiritual." But he says, I am carnal, sold under sin. See, I've got a fleshly nature. I've got a sinful tendency. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. That's confusing, right? Let me keep reading and I'll explain it. He says, if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For... I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. He's saying, Ben, I want to do what's right. I want to serve God, I want to do the right things, but I find myself constantly doing things I don't want to do. And then when I I know that there's things I want to do, I find myself not doing those. Can you see how that can cause spiritual stress? spiritual anxiety, that heavy laden, that is a burden. And I know every one of us deals with it. We all have different sinful tendencies. We all, uh, maybe your burden that you're dealing with is an anger issue. Maybe your burden you're dealing with is a bitterness issue. You just It burdens you that there's broken relationships and you can't work it out. You want to or you've tried to and you're just constantly dealing with this inner struggle. He goes on to say in uh, verse number 20 in Romans 7, now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law. I find a rule. This is, what, this is how it works. He says that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. He said there's something in me that wants to do what's right, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. There's this inner clash of he wants to speak kindly, but there's something in him that's fighting against him. Are you all with me? You experience this. This is uh, uh, this is the sinfulness within us. He, he goes on to say, verse twenty four: "O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death?" He's saying, "I need delivered." There's a burden that's weighing on me, and it's the sinfulness that he deals with in each one of us. Whether you deal with pride, whether you deal with lust, selfishness, just being self centered, these are burdens that we. They cause us. They cause us some stress and anxiety, and we. We have these, and, and the solution we're going to see is that we come unto Him. That's what He says. Come unto Me. Come close to Me. Those of you that are laboring. You're fatigued spiritually. You're heavy laden with the the cares, the sinfulness within us. What else is it that loads us down our soul is burdened. You know, our sin can uh, load our soul down with regret. Our sin can load our soul down with lies. Sometimes we go through the day telling ourselves that we're not what God says that we are. And those things become a weight. We tell ourselves, I can never attain. I can never be. I'm not good enough. I can't measure up. And those are things that are serious spiritual weights that we deal with. So it's the sinfulness within us, this heavy laden. It can also be religious burdens that are placed upon us. Uh, Maybe this isn't an issue that you deal with, but there are many that have been taught one way, contrary to the Bible, and they, or or maybe they believe something that they were taught from another church that has placed unreasonable religious burdens on their shoulders. And I believe that's one of the things Jesus was talking about here. Um, Jesus he, uh, he talked about the Pharisees in, in one passage of Scripture where he described that they would lay on people troublesome burdens that they couldn't bear, but the Pharisees, they wouldn't try and keep those rules themselves. They, they put extra rules according to God's Word. Um, there was a man, have you heard of Martin Luther? I want to I tell you a story about Martin Luther. I thought this was really interesting. Um, how many of you have been to Rome? Anyone in here been to Rome? okay. Uh, Rome is a cool place. We had the uh, privilege of going there. We took a cool vacation, uh, tried to get away from our problems and it didn't work, just like I'm talking about. No, uh, we went to Rome on a vacation. Uh, In Rome, there is a a, a really cool place called the Scala Sancta. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it means holy stairs. And uh, you can see the pictures if you're watching online, hopefully you can see these here. The Scala Sancta, these holy stairs, and they're in Rome. Interestingly enough, these are a set of marble stairs. Right now, if you go there, you can't see the marble. They covered them in wood. But these set of marble stairs, it's a set of 28 stairs, and they were actually located in Jerusalem. And when Jesus uh, went to trial before Pontius Pilate, these were said to be the stairs that led up to that point where he was at. And uh, back in like a long time ago, 326 AD, uh, St. Helena... The mother of Constantine, this is interesting, she, as a gift, had these stairs packaged up and sent them to Rome to her son. And so they're in Rome now. But what happens in Rome is this has become a, a place of Catholic tradition, uh, a place where the, the Catholics say, if you go to these stairs, you can go up the stairs, but the only way that you're allowed to go up these stairs is if you go up on your knees. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, well, back in 1510, there was a monk uh, uh, named Martin Luther who showed up here on some sort of pilgrimage at these steps, and the reason that someone would go up these steps on their knees is because the Catholic Church teaches that this is an indulgence. What, what an indulgence is, if you look this up, this is a, uh, called a plenary indulgence. It's a way to reduce the amount of punishment one would have to undergo for their sins, in purgatory, a teaching that people believe. Essentially what they say is if you go up these stairs one step at a time on your knees and you do this certain action that God will accept you and God will forgive you, that there's some rule to be kept, some action to be taken in order for you to work really hard for God to accept you and forgive you. Well, we know that's not the case. We know that God only accepts you uh, based upon his grace alone through faith, that it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but it's according to his mercy that he saved us. You all with me? So Martin Luther, he goes up these steps, he makes it to the top, and he actually, is, this is like his big uh, memory that people remember him for uh, on these steps, is he stood up and he, he declared, who knows if this is true? That was his quote. Meaning, we're going up these steps with hopes that God will accept us, on what basis do we know this is even true? How do we know that God is even going to forgive us? I do believe that there are people, even in our church and in the world now, obviously the Catholic church is is one example, but people that have spiritual burdens that were placed upon them that say, God isn't happy with you unless you do X, Y, Z. God isn't happy with you unless you wear a certain thing. God isn't happy with you unless you do a certain thing. God isn't happy with you if you step out of line, God is is going to smack you. God is going to remove his blessing from you if you sin, if you do something. And, and, And people have these spiritual burdens. And Jesus says to people that have a spiritual burden, he said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy Laden. And he was specifically talking to a group who had extra burdens put on them uh, by the Pharisees. These these extra laws that you weren't able to eat certain things and do certain things on the Sabbath. And there was all of these rules. And, and sometimes we have those today. We, we say, I, I, I don't feel acceptable unless I do X, Y, and Z. Have you ever felt a spiritual burden like that? I don't want to lay them out and go into detail and what they could be. But that's tiring, trying to be perfect all the time. You ever try to be perfect? There's a passage that says, be perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. The Bible says uh, that, there's a passage that says that except you keep the law, you know, you, gotta be, you have to be perfect in order to, to make it to heaven. Well, the, the point of the law, do you know, it's to spell out the fact that nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect, except for one, which was Jesus And Jesus says to those of you that are out there thinking you have to measure up to God, to those of you that are trying really hard to keep the law, uh, I'm, I'm gonna say the right thing, do the right thing, go to the right places, don't do anything wrong, the point is you can't do that. You are taxing yourself with a burden that you can't carry. You cannot be perfect. And Jesus says to those that labor and those that are heavy laden, he says the inner burdens you have the sinful burdens you have, the the burden that you have of always trying to keep up appearances, to act like things are okay. Come unto me. And here's what he promises. I will give you rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest there's a verse in john 16 33 talks about the trouble we have in this world it says these things have i spoken unto you that in me he might have peace it's nice to have a way to find peace some people they may go to a peaceful beach they may take a peaceful nap but you have no peace peace you you may have really difficult troubles going on in your life uh, with health issues for kids or family or parents or what have you Jesus offers a peace in the midst of all of those things. He says, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I want to read you something I found in a commentary that describes what Jesus is inviting people to. He says, sinners, this, this commentary he says, sinners wearied in the ways of iniquity are invited to come to Christ and find relief. He goes on to say that, Penitence, people that are sorry for what they've done because Jesus says he come come not to, to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. People that know the state of their sin. It says penitents burdened with the guilt of their crimes may come to this sacrifice, Jesus, and find instant pardon. Believers, sorely tempted, oppressed by the remains of the carnal mind may come to this blood that cleanseth from all unrighteousness purifies from all sin and powerfully helps in every temptation and they shall find uninterrupted rest in this complete savior he says all are invited to come and all are promised rest if you find rest from sin and vile affections it is because few come to christ to receive it In this statement that jesus says i will give you rest that word that greek word rest is the word refreshing it is the word rejuvenation. And he says, whatever state your, your sinfulness is in, whatever state you are, you can come to me and I will give you relief. I will give you rest. If you're concerned that uh, God is not happy with you and you have sin in your life, he says, come to me and I will forgive you. I will give you rest you can have rest if you come to God and you say I'm burdened with worries I can't take the cares of this life he says come to me and I'll give you rest and I want I want to explain what that means because he goes on and he says take my yoke upon you if you don't we don't use that word yoke that often unless we're talking about breakfast and eggs but this is not that kind of yoke Okay, that's Y-O-L-K. This is yoke, which is, uh, if there's a picture, uh, take my yoke upon you. I, I got a picture here for you guys. A yoke is a device that would join together two oxen, okay? It's a farming device. It, they, they would join them together. The word yoke here just means joining together. Uh, and, and you can see the pictures here. It's, it's a way that they would share the burden. They would share the load. And Jesus says, if you're spiritually burdened, in any way, if you 're lacking an inner peace if you 're uh, if you 're constantly worried, come to me with those burdens and those cares and those worried and and yoke up with me there 's a relationship we can have with Jesus to where the freedom that he offers we have it when we 're close with him. The forgiveness that he offers we have it when we 're close with him if we 're worried about life and how things are going to turn out, well we come and we Take his yoke, we yoke up with him. Well, now we have somebody we can completely trust to take care of those things. We don't have to worry anymore because he carries those things. Jesus invites every person to enter a relationship with him where he does the work. Uh, In Galatians chapter 5, there's a verse that talks about the work Christ does, his grace for us in salvation. And the Bible says, Stand fast. Stand strong, stand firm, therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We were all, if we are now saved, we were all in a yoke of bondage. We we had this law that was over us. We had to do. Well, the truth is we couldn't do. We can't do. We can't maintain the law. Jesus did everything necessary. And he says, come to me. And he gives us complete liberty. We're free from the penalty of our sin. We no longer have to have to serve in that way. We're, we're not bound. And he says there's a liberty that's in Christ. It means that he bears the sin. He carries the burden. We no longer bear the, bury, uh, the burdens of worry, but we trust him. And when we yoke up with him, we no longer walk alone. Does that make sense? It's amazing what happens when you enter this relationship because when we were alone feeling we had all these struggles, Jesus carries them. The Holy Spirit comes in. The Bible calls him the comforter. We have somebody that comforts us. We have somebody that's praying for us. We have somebody that provides for us. Jesus has that invitation and it's open to everybody. He says, take my yoke upon you. Link up with me. He says then, and learn of me. Learn of me. In John 8, 31, we get a little bit more uh, uh, understanding of what that means. He says, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. When Jesus says, come unto me, it's not a matter of just listening to him. It's a matter of entering into that relationship where we are learning his words. We're learning his teaching and we're following through to follow him. He says, if ye continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. Verse 32, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. See, I'm burdened with my sin. I'm burdened with the, uh, what I, I know to be religious actions. I'm burdened with the weight of worry. Well, when you learn of Jesus, you learn a proper way that these things are supposed to be handled. You learn how to deal with it. Um, we, we have a burden in our life, and we, we share about this. And it's been something that God has given us some victory in, which is helpful. We have a burden with our children. Uh, Our children have a serious disease, and I know that many of you, and even watching at home, I know some of you that are watching, I've talked with you, and you have major burdens that you're dealing with that weigh your spirit down and the health issues of a family member. I know some of you in here deal with that as well. When we come to Jesus, we learn of him. We, We begin to understand that it's not only about this life. You know, life is not promised. There's, boast not thyself of tomorrow. We learn that in God's word. We learn that, that life is short and we should make the most of it. But we learn that we're living for another world. That the hope isn't that we have everything perfect here. The hope is that we get to live with Christ in eternity. And, and having that linking up and learning of him, we can make it through the difficulties. Do you understand? The burdens are now lightened. Jesus has helped us with his truth. The truth makes us free from the worry. The truth makes us free from the lies, makes us free from the religious rules. The truth makes us free. John 8, 36 says it again. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. There are some that are so burdened, so heavy, and you take all the weight on yourself. Jesus says, come to me, and I want to give you a spiritual rest I want to take that burden from you. I want to make you free, indeed, and, and this, its just an incredible invitation. Uh, in John fourteen six, Jesus saith unto him, He says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me." But if the Bible says in one passage, "You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free," well, who's the truth? Jesus is the truth. When you come to him in that relationship, he can set you free. And this is so cool. I I love this here, this next section. He says, take my yoke upon you. Uh, We're back in Matthew 11, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. And then he describes his character. For I am meek and lowly in heart. For I am meek and lowly in heart, he says. The word meek means gentle. Gentle. Lowly and hard is the idea of being humble. Sometimes we believe a lie that says if we come back to God, if we come to him with our sin, if we come to him with our burdens, that he's going to reject us, that we're not good enough. Well, he says, when you come to me, I'm gentle and I'm humble. He, he won't cast you out. He won't reject you. He makes this open invitation. Come to me for rest. If you need peace, come to me. I, I will not reject you. I will not turn your way. Uh, come to me. I am humble. I am kind. He, he will not ridicule you. He will forgive you, and he will help you. That's the rest that we need. We need to come. This is the one outlet we can go, and we can find rest unto our souls. We know that peace with God is only found through Christ. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor heavy laden. I will give you rest Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Uh, we we've got to understand that means he he calls us to follow him. The Bible says, "If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me." He goes on in verse thirty. The Bible says, "For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light." It's not a matter of just coming to Jesus and saying. Free me of this and then let me go back my own way. It's not what he says. He says, come in here and get in this yoke with me. Have this relationship with me. Walk with me and then you'll have a burden that's light. And, and we forget that sometimes. Jesus is calling us to a continual following. He calls us to follow his word. Pastor Tony says a lot of times that, why, why do we follow the Bible? Well, because it works. It works. It's what works. You know, the culture is burdened down with these all these cares of not knowing who they are, the identity they have, and all of these different things. It's because they're far from Jesus. And the invitation to find peace is an invitation to come closer to Jesus, the one who gives you peace. The truth is that you can try and run from your inner problems. Um... So many times, uh, in dealing with difficulties at home, uh, we we would try to run from them by turning on Netflix. Anyone ever do that before? Stressful day at work, uh, stressful life. You're like, okay, the kids are in bed. Let's find the ice cream and the Netflix, right? Let's get away from the problems. Truth is, that's only a temporary relief. Netflix, Disney Plus, whatever you watch, it's only temporary. Uh, when we can we can try and entertain our mind away from our inner problems, but they're still there. There are some that turn to other things to temporarily relieve themselves with drinking or drugs, but those are only temporary relief. Does that make sense? They're only temporary. They don't solve the problem on the inside. Uh, Sometimes we fill our time with a new hobby, we say I have inner problems. I, I, my relationship with God is not where it should be. The sin problems I have are not where it should be. My marriage is not where it should be, and so I find a hobby and I pour my time and energy and distract myself by this hobby. Well, that's not the answer to find rest for your soul. A hobby it may relieve some some pressure and you may be able to get away, but it's only temporary. It doesn't work. You can escape your pain by focusing on a relationship. See, the relationship we need is that relationship with Christ, but sometimes we turn away from Christ and we say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour into a friendship or a dating relationship or something, and that's, my, that's how I'm going to ease the burden of my soul. Relationships won't, won't bring you inner rest and peace. It's only the relationship with Christ that brings you soul rest. Um, you can take a Disney vacation. It's like the best thing ever, right? Right? Some people think it is. I don't like standing in lines. Is anybody else with me on that? I don't like Disney vacations unless it's a Disney cruise. Those are nice. Uh, but you can go to the best place on earth, the most magical place, or whatever they call it. The truth is, the most magical place on earth will not bring you rest in your soul. It might actually stir up some, some unrest in your soul, you know? You're yeah, always fighting. It's hot outside. I've found that on a vacation... Um, It's really difficult at one in the afternoon when it's really hot and the kids are tired. It's like we might as well give up for the day. You can't find rest on a vacation. How do we find soul rest? Come unto me. Jesus says, "You want to find peace. if If for whatever reason you don't have peace in your soul right now, if there's something that's bothering you, something that's that's giving you unrest, a heavy burden." Uh, something that's laying your soul down with a burden, the only answer is come to him. Come to him. So the question is, and I want to have some questions for reflection here, is there something keeping you from Jesus? What is it? What's between you and Jesus? Because that's the obstacle between you and peace. Peace. How is your relationship with Jesus? The the distance of your relationship to Jesus is the the bigness of your burdens, the heaviness of uh, what you have going on in your life. And to sum it all up, every person can experience a rejuvenation of their soul. Say, my soul is tired, my soul is fatigued, my soul is weary. Every person can experience a rejuvenation of their soul if they would only Come to Jesus. That's the invitation. And um, I want to thank you all for, for, for being here tonight. I know I stepped in for Pastor Tony. He'll be back next week, hopefully, with his uh, End Time series. But think on this. Every message that we hear, we should reflect on. Every, everything. And this passage is, is so big. I know that what we see on TV weighs on our souls. What we hear, the stresses of, of the relationships that are just so much division in the world right now. Go to Christ for rest. We've got to find a soul rest in him.